the closer you are to someone else in terms of experience within a field, then the more it feels like you should lean towards just sharing experience and giving less advice. Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category-defining founders. From purpose-led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant, all in just 40 minutes. Next up in our mentorship feature series, Hannah and I are joined by AJ and Peter Nixie. Many of you will have come across AJ and Peter before, especially if you're a founder yourself. AJ has been the CEO of the Invite Only Community Founders for the past two years and is soon moving on to start his own company that will support others looking to build communities like founders. Peter Nixie is a serial entrepreneur and an OG of the UK startup scene. He founded ClickPass.com, which raised investment from YC and several angels before selling the company to Yola.com 18 months later. His most recent ventures include Copyin, a platform for professional communities built entirely in email and Intentional.io, a day planner that focuses you on managing your time rather than your tasks. AJ and Peter go back quite some time and I've had the great pleasure of getting to know them in the founders community. So I am so excited to learn more about their mentorship relationship in today's episode. So AJ, Peter, welcome to 40 Minute Mentor. How are you both doing? Amazing. Good. Before we dive deeper into your mentorship relationship, could we get a one-minute whistle-stop tour of your um, CVs? Peter, I'll start with you. I uh, started my career doing um, computer vision, uh, AI, back in the day, uh, took a PhD in that, but got really interested in web technologies. So dropped out of my PhD to start a company, which I took out in San Francisco, and as James shared at the start of the podcast, that was investing by YC. I sold that to a company out in San Francisco um, about a year later. And then I came back to the UK and since then have built a number of different products, Copyin being one of them, which is a platform for communities. I'm currently building intentional.io, which is a day planner that makes it easy to get the stuff you care about done. Over the years, I've spent a bunch of time helping startups, investing in startups, um, and advising startups. Amazing. And AJ, over to you. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm, I've got a lot less of a career to whistle-stop through, but uh, I'd say the entrepreneurial flair started at school. I cut boys' hair in my boarding house, and I've actually since always cut my own hair and then always did sort of lots of work experience in summers in school summers and then went to university met another entrepreneurial type we started lots of companies together very small companies money-making projects really um and they spanned from a chatbot that promoted discounts and events to students a flower delivery service for valentine's day which is a terrible idea i wouldn't do it and um, growth marketing agency near the end um, of the university. And then also I did an events company called Cuckoo Kachoo, which is still running today. That blossomed into a small festival at Exeter as well. And then after leaving university during COVID, I was doing the growth marketing agency and started a community of early stage entrepreneurs called Click, which is actually where Peter and I met and 
clicked for the first time and then went to work at L'Oreal to try and experience the corporate world, uh, hated it and quit and was then hired into Founders as CEO and have since been running Founders for the past two years. Amazing. I love that little fun fact that you gave us early on as well. I'd love to know kind of how from meeting each other, how it just evolved into this mentorship relationship. So AJ, do you want to bring that to life for us a little bit more? I knew who Peter was long before Peter knew who I was. No surprise because Peter is a low-key celebrity in the startup world. I was building Click. Uh, it was all virtual. And um, early 2021, I did a LinkedIn post describing what Click was, community, early stage entrepreneurs, um, doing workshops around connection and uh, as a type form at the end of it and one day when checking the signups to the type form I saw Peter's name and I was frozen in delight and surprise and then since Peter joined Click and was by far the most experienced person by a good decade or two and then started or volunteered to have separate calls with me aside from the click workshops I was running and around guiding me through community building and since then we've continued to have calls around community strategy but then that also has evolved beautifully into all the areas of life because Peter is just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom so um yeah it's been incredible actually. Amazing. And can you tell us a bit more about kind of the day-to-day of your mentorship relationship? Is it quite, you know, a structured approach that you follow? Is it more ad hoc? Like, how do you tend to go about it? So in terms of structure, we have a call um, once every four weeks, five weeks, something like that. AJ sends over an agenda of things that he wants to cover in the next 12 calls the night before. And then we cover a fraction of it in the call the day after. And we just chat through and that's really the structure that we have. But I would say there's two things, I mean, there's a bunch of things that AJ does well, but two things that I think he does well that is worth calling out in the context of this is that he almost never changes the time of the call, like almost never asks to change it. Like if ever he does, there's a very good reason, like I can appreciate it. I do not appreciate people changing calls at the best of times, um, especially not if kind of I feel I'm giving time and AJ doesn't like the few times he has have been very good reasons and he also sends the agenda the day before and I don't like the reason I asked the agenda is not so much for me it's it's interesting but it's to get AJ to think about what he wants to talk about that day and he does that and funny enough like that really small thing is quite significant like it shows a it shows commitment it shows thinking it shows preparation because I think it's quite easy the reason I'm saying all of this is because and I presume there's a number of people out there listening to this who will either be in a mentor relationship or looking for a mentor relationship and it's quite a delicate balance in it because like I charge normally 300 pounds an hour for the time that I spend with people and I don't charge AJ anything for the time I spend when you don't pay for anything, it's easy to take it for granted. And that comes through in small actions. And so when you're doing that, if somebody doesn't do something like prep in advance and does do something like change the time, that has, I think, a at least in my mind, that would have a disproportionate hit on things. Yeah, absolutely. And AJ, on your side, how... How is it helpful for you that it's, you know, a very structured approach? Because, you know, some of the other 
mentors and mentees that we've had on this series they've kind of they've approached it in a very different way where it's you know it's more of an ad hoc relationship it's you know whenever something pops up that they want help with then they reach out so how how does this structured approach help you as a mentee it helps in lots of ways as peter referred to um forcing myself to think about what's the most important and urgent things on my mind whether that be personal or professional, um, helps focus the conversation. And there are lots of times where we talk about agenda point number one and we get through, let's say, 80% of it in terms of the potential value that we can add. And then it, we, we spend a long time on it and it's it, having the rest of all of the other agenda points encourages us to move on uh, where we feel it's most beneficial. So um, that's really helpful. I've heard people who have said, if there's no agenda, there's no meeting, just to add to Peter's point that you should prepare and you should show intent and yeah, preparation. Other than that, I also want to add that Peter specifically, which is sort of an unspoken structure of our mentoring relationship is that Peter doesn't just sort of talk at me. Peter never talks at me. We always have a conversation, but Peter's not always the one who is sharing advice wisdom experiences but then always checks in and says how do you feel like push back on this and acknowledges that he has incredible self-awareness and so therefore acknowledges that his opinion is only one opinion of many and it is an opinion when necessary and so that there is this sort of like unspoken thing but that that's more a testament to peter being an incredible coach mentor um and listener in general uh so yeah okay i think i actually share one of the things that um one of the characteristics that aj has is that he is very hungry for feedback and input and will listen to it and take it and and actually i think sometimes when we've talked about this i think aj and I empathize with this because I really, really seek out feedback, like not just like the feedback I want. I just really want information as much as possible. And AJ is similar, but in some ways, like a lot of people, I think it's very easy to not really want the critical feedback to kind of burn it off. And and if anything with AJ, I kind of find having to overcorrect for that, he will seek out the, the, the most critical feedback. And actually I have to remind him that it's not necessarily representative and not to dwell on it and um, and to balance it all out. The reason why I said that I think I'm only really strong at one of those, which is listening, is that my wife is um, a coach as well. And she is a very good coach and she is very good at, she very much approaches coaching with the um, view that the individual has the answer to things. Her name is Mika Vipen. Like, it would be silly for me not to um, mention that um, in all of this in case somebody's like, God damn it, I wish I had a coach as well. Um, she is very hard to get a hold of. But she's, her view is people have the solution to stuff. I'm going to help them get to it. That's not really what I'm good at. And it's not what I'm interested in. Like, I'm interested in, I think kind of, I definitely try to do that. And it'd be interesting to hear AJ's views on it. I think though, I'm like, okay at that. And I'm good enough to help get the information out. Where my value is in general in working with people in any kind of advisory or coachery aspect is that I've seen 
quite a lot of startups and founders over the years. And so I can fit what's happening with people. I can often fit it to larger patterns and I can share back with them how those patterns may play out. Because at the start of my journey, like nobody knew anything. Like I was desperate to just find anybody who could give me numbers, metrics, insights, anything. And people like, well, who knows? How long's a piece of string? And I was like, I do not want to hear that. Like I want to hear, I want to be able to model this and then I can weight the different models. And that's what I can offer people. Like I can't tell somebody that this is how something's going to play out, but I can say, look, based on all of the different things that I've seen, this is what I would expect. The, the way that I think that I normally work with, it'd be interesting to see what AJ's view on this is. And I think I might be being a bit too generous to myself, but um, what I try to do is listen to the problem, understand how it fits stuff I've seen before, then relate how I think it will play, play out exactly with examples of how I've seen that happen before. Whether or not the last part always holds true is another question, <laughs> but it's certainly what I try to do. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And then on top of those three things that Peter mentioned, Peter is the master of analogies. Peter has the most creative mind when it comes to describing things through analogies. Um, and so that also just adds another layer of thinking about a problem from a, a different let from a different angle. And actually, I just wanted to rewind slightly. And uh, given that we mentioned Mika, Peter's wife, we it would make, make so much sense to mention Mika's company, which is called Run Yourself, which you can find at runyourself.co, um, which is a peer coaching platform, which I've been a part of for the past two years. And I'm very fortunate in that I have a coach, I have a therapist, I have Peter, and I have run yourself and my peer coach and there the benefit in that is not just being coached but also learning the fundamentals of coaching being a coach yourself and that's something that Miki does incredibly well so would highly recommend that for anyone who is not just looking to be coached but also to adopt the skill sets and principles of coaching which I think are some of the most highly leveraged skills that you can learn. How important is it that you're both from the startup world how has that helped the dynamic of your relationship i think from my perspective i mean look the reality is like if Avedra was at mckinsey and like asking me for mentorship i wouldn't really be able to tell him much and i wouldn't be able to say much about his job and to be honest if he was coming to startups it wouldn't there's very very low likelihood that it would be a very interesting process for me because it would be all theory on his side and no um, and no practice so i mean in answer to your question I think the overlap in the space, the overlap in whatever it is that we're talking about, and it's not always startups, sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's life in general. It, the topics kind of have to overlap. And the other thing I would say is that I think it's important for there to be progression in them as well. Like if you just end up ruminating on the same thing again and again, it's not, I don't think it's very interesting on either side. I think it's kind of easier to do on, on the kind of coachy mentee side than it is on the coach um, mentor side. But I think when something has natural progression to it, it just makes it more interesting. And, and a lot of the topics we have relate to stuff that we've got overlap in, um, in, in founders. So there is natural progression in it and there's life itself. And there's just that element that we're both very interested in the same space, like 
we're both interested in building companies and then also thinking about it from a higher level mental model sort of perspective as well as then the same with communities so like there's there's so much overlap that there it's just a lot of areas to relate on um but yeah as peter said it's not always about communities and startups peter's sort of guided me through some of the most challenging parts of my romantic life as well um and then family life so there's just so much sort of depth and um value to our conversations and aj on on that point was that organic evolution of the relationship from perhaps more business centric mentorship to then i guess feeling so comfortable that it just naturally evolved into other aspects of your life you know is that something that you actively sought out or it's just happened as a result of the strengthening of your relationship it happened naturally as our relationship deepened but also peter a w- would nudge me towards other things as well would say like oh we can also talk about this other stuff if there's less to talk about within business or community but then also when we check in at the start it's not just like oh hey hi how are you doing cool what's the first point on the agenda obviously we say what's going on in life and generally inquire around lots of things um and i'm very much one for not saying i'm good when someone says how are you i generally like to give quite a holistic overview and also believe strongly in the power of vulnerability so try and be as open as possible and then that leads itself to a whole treasure chest worth of conversations agree wholeheartedly with that just from the way aj is uh, leading founders in the community you've helped create by being so vulnerable i think that is uh, it's almost given everybody else the freedom to to be similar and i I think that for me has been an unbelievably lightening experience enlightening and also lightening lightening the load i've never met a bunch of people that are so open and vulnerable before which in founder life is incredibly important i think i certainly uh, occurred to me as you were talking, which I hadn't really fully realized before, is that that lack of separation isn't a very normal thing. It's super normal to me because I, um, I'm a solo entrepreneur, so don't have to manage anybody. And all of my interactions are generally through like founders, nice and friendship groups, ice being a sibling community to, um, or a cousin community from, um, to founders. I spend a lot of time doing cubes, stroke tribes, um, which are those who don't know kind of a structured meetup format with, with a group of founders coming together each month to share challenges. And through the context of all of that, like a really, my general realization, although to be honest, it was there even before I remember being kind of very aware of this when I was helping teams and a and venture partner at EF is that like, there just is no separation. These things are all the same thing. And I think you end up with an artificial separation in an employee-employer relationship or manager-employee relationship because it's kind of not really, it's not really officially appropriate to wander over that. But once you've removed the bounds of that, like it's such a weird constraint to hold. You're like, somebody's stressed because they're running out of money or they're stressed because they've got to move house or the girlfriend's leaving them or, they don't feel life is going the right direction or they're just really sad um, or they're hungover or whatever it happens to be. The chances that how they're feeling in the work context is driven by the work context and not something deeper is once you remove that, it's blindingly obvious that it's extremely rare that that's the case. 
It's just that I think under normal circumstances, you have to constrain it. So it, I don't think given who we are and the types of places we operate, it even occurs to AJ and I that like you would separate those two. There's also that similarity, which I just realized that Peter and I are both solo entrepreneurs, at least I've been for the past two to three years. And so there's that other magic where when you find someone who you can have a very deep intellectual as well as deep emotional conversation with, and you're working by yourself for the majority of the day, it doesn't make any sense to separate them entirely or create these artificial barriers, as Peter said. Thank you for sharing that. When you think back to your relationship over the last sort of few years, AJ, what would you say have been the most influential mentorship discussions you've had? And are you able to share any examples of where it's really been very helpful, uh, whether it's your day job or just in life in general? Peter and I, not too long ago, had quite an emotionally charged conversation. And it wasn't a usual sort of um, mentor-mentee style conversation that we normally have. But Peter, like, and again, another benefit is that Peter's a part of Founders, not only is a part of Founders, is um, the builder of Copying, which sort of Founders runs off, has been in Founders from the from day one i think and has is probably more engaged in founders than the actual founders of founders and lastly is probably the biggest reason as to why i am ceo of founders today because he fought, he sort of sung my praises and fought my corner uh when i was getting hired peter gave me some feedback around how i was thinking about founders, but then also thinking about the next business and how those two balanced and how he felt personally as a member of founders um, and how I spoke about everything and was, was thinking about these two separate companies and how much time I was spending on each of them. And actually, um, it, it was a very difficult conversation, to get, don't get me wrong, but it was really, really powerful. Um, other times, just... Peter having a strong awareness of how, how I think and what I'm planning and then also being able to see very clearly what I'm executing and calling me out again around talking about things but actually not putting them into action. That has been the most amazing wake-up call. And again, these are always like really, really difficult because I get super defensive and you're like, oh no, but I but this and but that and whatever and make up excuses. But at the end of the day, Execution is nine tenths the law, and so you can talk about things all day long. Um, and Peter's had this overview insight on on everything, which is incredible. And then the last thing is, um, again, when when I was going through a difficult time in my relationship, sort of early last year, it just added a whole new layer to our relationship, our conversations, and wisdom I could get from Peter is um, from that relationship angle. So yeah, it's just like too many to really narrow down it's I could, I could keep going but I'll, I'll stop there no thanks for sharing and I think that one of the aspects you you mentioned there is very much about being held to account on, on certain things and being that critical friend and calling you out when needed I think that's something that a really good mentor will do and actually I'm the same nobody likes being told the negative feedback but, but as Peter said earlier, it's actually that's the most important stuff isn't it and where you, you take the most away from it I think with any mentor mentee relationship it can be sometimes difficult to know when you need to share experience versus advice and when you might actually not be the best person to give it. So Peter, 
be interested to know how you would navigate that situation. Are there any, have there ever been any times where you've held back giving particular advice or encouraged AJ to elsewhere for it? I always try to make a point of distinguishing between advice and experience. In fact, like what, what I normally do is distinguish between where I'm offering opinion opinion and informed opinion and then shared experience so shared experience you just can't argue with right it just is what it is you're like had that experience i'm sharing it with you opinion is and i literally just had a call with somebody just now who was asking me about stuff in finance and i said look don't weight anything that i say any higher than anybody else like this is just opinion and whether or not i assert it or like regardless of anything i've done like it's not worth anything more than anybody else's opinion and then at other times i'll say look here's my experience and here's my opinion but like i would weight that strongly this is opinion given from kind of context so i always 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 try to distinguish between i try to steer clear of advice definitely don't steer clear of advice especially not with aj i think because he's like he's very he seeks out input so much and and also the other thing that i think is that the way that I think about stuff, if you think about the amount of processing power that you've got in your brain, I'm applying all of that processing power to modeling the situation, trying to feed in as much information. And I will ask AJ or whomever else for as much information as possible about the situation that is there. And then I will be fitting it against everything else that I've experienced. And then I will say, this is my expected outcome from this. And I just don't have any processing power left to say, so how do you feel about that? Like, if you were to think about things going in this direction, like what would it make you feel? I just don't have that. So I'm like, look, this is how I'd expect it to go for these reasons, or it could go this way, but I strongly expect it to go this way. So that's like, that's how generally I tend to work. Thank you so much for sharing. That's that's really interesting insight. There are going to be times, I think, in a mentor-mentee relationship where it just, for whatever reason, it maybe comes to the end of the road. And that might be because you, different stage of life or career, or perhaps uh, schedules mean it's difficult to have that quality time. Do you have any advice, uh, and this is to either of you, for anyone that might be in that situation, consciously uncouple or just go their separate ways, any advice on how to approach that conversation? Because we all know that you can have different mentors at different stages of your life. So it's not necessarily something to shy away from. Any advice on how to have that conversation? I actually won't give advice uh, much to Peter's point. I'll speak from experience. And having had a previous coach who lent closer to the advice giving side of things as opposed to actually coaching. And there was a natural sort of decline in the amount of value that I think both of us felt was gained from conversations. I feel like as soon as one of you feels it, you both definitely have felt it. And so it's just that thing that no one's talking about, but both of you are thinking in the back of your mind. And so then I think it just requires the courage for someone to be vulnerable and call it out, whether that be the mentor or the mentee or the coach or the coachee. Now, it's a really difficult thing to say for a coachee or a mentee to be like, actually, thanks for all the help and the experience and you're vastly later on in your life and journey than I am, but actually I'm, I'm good and I'm, I'm not getting as much from this anymore. That's very, very difficult to do. And I think you can dress it up nicely and you can lead with gratitude and appreciation, but just be very candid about the need to go and search for experiences and opinions elsewhere. And again, if you're very genuine and authentic about it and kind in the process, no one's going to turn around and be frustrated with you. And ultimately, they'll probably just end up applauding you for having the courage to speak what was previously unsaid. 
I think it's a very difficult thing to do from the mentee's side. I don't think it's so difficult to do from the mentor's side. But I do, I mean, although AJ said that, I think maybe it might be worth queuing it up like earlier. I think if it comes out of left field, if you're giving time and the quid pro quo is that it's valuable and then somebody's like, look, I don't even find this valuable enough to give you the time to listen to you, like that could be quite uncomfortable. So I think that like as the mentee, if you kind of can maybe draw attention to like sessions not covering as much ground earlier on, then it's less of a surprise to the mentor. I just wanted to come on to kind of more practical mentorship advice, just because we, you know, one of the reasons why we do this feature series is very much because we get a lot of questions from people around how do I find a mentor? When is the right time for me to be a mentor? And I think one of the reasons that we get from people who are quite hesitant to become a mentor is because they don't feel like they've achieved enough in their career or they don't feel ready to mentor anyone. So Peter, I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, is there such a thing as being you know, is it too early to mentor anyone? Or how, how did you know, you know, at a certain point in your career where you went, now it's time for me to give back? I think that I craved information so badly at the start of my career, like so badly. And it was so hard to find it. And people didn't know, like it was 2007, 2004, when I dropped out of my PhD, like nobody was around to ask. And so I think I became pretty acutely aware of the value of somebody, even somebody who's a year ahead of you, sharing information with you. So yeah, I think I've just always, always done it. It's never invalid to share the experience of your journey, like projecting further beyond that is harder, but like often the best person to teach you is somebody who is just like a few further steps down the road. And in some ways I'm many, many more steps down the road than AJ. In other ways, I'm not so many more steps down the road from him, but as long as you're a few steps down, honestly, sometimes like even being the same level. I mean, the whole of Founders is basically based on people bringing different perspective from similar levels and sharing them with each other. So I think like, as long as you don't assert, not asserting your opinion on people, that's probably the key thing. I don't think it hurts to hold an opinion. You just don't need to assert it and force somebody to hold your opinion back. I just had this thought on the fly as you were speaking, which seems like um, the closer you are to someone else in terms of experience within a field, then the more it feels like you should lean towards just sharing experience and giving less advice. Whereas the further apart you are in terms of your experience and probably the more value the mentee might get from receiving advice as opposed to just experience. So as Peter said, he's a lot further ahead of me in terms of startup building, community building. And so actually he said this a couple of times where Peter said, I can I could try and coach you, but like, I just want to tell you the answer, like, or vice versa. Well, I'm like, I, I know you're trying to coach me and I really appreciate that, but actually just, just tell me what, what you think. Um, um, and that's because I know that Peter's got those decades of experience on me. Whereas in founders, it isn't that way. It's very much like we're all pretty much on a level playing field. And so it is solely share advice as the core principle. And I think actually to, just to further clarify that, and I don't think I've got the perfect term for it, but sharing a model of how things are going to work out, that can be very valuable. Like asserting to somebody that that is what's going to happen to them, not valuable at all. Sharing that model and somebody else receiving it. So I don't know whether you were going to ask this, but the question I've been folding over in my head is why does it work for me as a mentor with AJ? Like what are the things that make it attractive? And 
there's a few different things, some of which are intrinsic, some of which are circumstantial. But I think knowing that is really valuable as a mentee because it helps, or look, this is an anecdote which you can use to add more clarity to maybe whom you could seek out. So some of the intrinsic things are that when AJ was running Click, there was something very special about what he was doing. It, like he'd done something, this community that he'd brought together through the pandemic, I'd seen an advert for it on LinkedIn and I'd just been doing my year's reflections and I reflected that most of the good things in life had come to me through joining communities. And then like two days later, I had AJ's smiling face, like jumping out of my phone at me, like being like, you should come and join Fan, come and join Click. Like there's uh, all these great people. And I was like, I can't hold what I just said true and not join this community. And I knew that they were much younger than me, but I was like, good things come from community and they have come from community. And so I joined and AJ had a very, very special way of hosting the events, not just hosting the events, but drawing other really good people to help him run these events around him. Really wonderful people. And so I liked being a part of that. I thought that he was doing something special with that. I knew that I'd had experience running, not running founders, but being deeply loyal member of founders and also running ice. And so I was able to help him with that. And then as he moved into founders, so there was an intrinsic thing that I loved the energy that he was bringing. I loved the momentum that he was bringing. I was really, I admired what he was doing and I enjoyed being a part of that. And then as he moved into founders, like another part of it that was interesting to me was also that I care a lot about founders. And this was like a really interesting, low touch way for me to help influence this community that I care a lot about and kind of feedback to AJ and some things like may have had some effects on the community during that time. So, so that was very valuable one way or another, like this, usually somebody rings me up once a week or once every two weeks to just talk through their startup with them. I think that's very fulfilling when you know that the information you're sharing is being made use of. Like when somebody gives you space to share it in the way that you can share it, like this isn't a paid position. You're not paying somebody to like give you the ultimate coach experience. And so I think AJ as a mentee gives me space to, to operate as a mentor in the way that I'm good at operating as a mentor and, and over a longer arc, like this relationship has also given me space to improve in that role and to like see, not just sharing that information with him but how it manifests and then thinking well what is the best way to share information like at the end of the day there's like feeling good in the session but like you want that to have a positive impact in somebody's life maybe not directly affecting it in and remote controlling them but like just giving them information that makes them a more effective like successful person in life and so that's been really interesting for me I think we could talk for hours, but we, we are sadly at the end um, of this episode. So just before we let you go, we have two final wrap-up questions for you. And the first one is, if any one piece of advice you could leave our listeners with, especially aspiring mentors and mentees, what would it be? I'm reminded of a phrase which I can't remember who said it, but it goes something on the lines of great relationships are where both parties feel like they're getting more from the relationship and I find it's really challenging in a mental mentee perspective and like it's amazing to hear that I provide value to Peter in those ways that he just mentioned but 
it does it's often a you're helping me with my challenges and despite that i think in thanks or as a way to try and um give back as much as possible i try and search out ways which i can add value to peter's life whether that's giving him feedback on intentional.io which you should all go and download now um or trying to help mika peter's wife with with her company um or even giving peter feedback on his recent ai workshop um, which you should also go and check out um it's very relevant um i think there are always ways which you can add value to people whether it's in or outside of the mentor relationship and as a mentee i think it requires a bit more creativity but there's always a way love that amazing and over to you peter what final piece of advice would you like to leave our listeners with well it doesn't hurt to be an amazing cheerleader um which aj is to his core (laughs) two things that jumped out at me look one is this is a harder one but it's significant. And I think that if you internalize it, it can maybe be quite powerful as well. The more you succeed as a mentee, the more enjoyable it is as a mentor. That's like a tough, um, but maybe motivating truth. Like it's nice to be attached to people doing interesting things. It's nice to be attached to companies doing interesting things. It's hard when things stagnate, um, especially in, I mean, in a paid or an unpaid relationship or just in a relationship with yourself, right? I mean, we've just had a baby boy and one of the things that I'm loving about him, like, which is a really, I've never heard anybody say this and I think it's a really weird thing to love, but having seen so many startups where they like either don't grow or they grow in weird ways where, which they shouldn't be growing is so lovely to be with something that like just changes from week to week to week and grows in the right way. Like it's a weird privilege because most things don't grow in the right way. (laughs) So it's such a pleasure to experience that. I mean, look, life waxes and wanes, and um, but AJ has done some wonderful things, and that's a lovely thing to be a part of. There was one other thing that I thought I was going to share, which is that I read a book recently about how to design your life. And one of the bits of advice that it gave in the book, before choosing a career, call people up who work that career and just ask to speak to them, or interview them. Like, just say, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I've really admired what you've done in life. I'd love to talk to you. Somebody actually did that to me the other day, a young woman from Singapore, and just asked me a bunch of questions. And it was such a, it seems like such a peculiar thing to do, but it's a very, very flattering thing to experience. And it's a very fast track way to learn about something. But it is also a very fast track way to make somebody interested in you. Like, there's nobody more interesting than somebody who is interested. So I think if you are looking, for those who are looking for a mentor, like asking somebody if you couldn't interview them is a very interesting way to kind of create an opening through maybe that you can go. Thank you for sharing, Peter. Our final question is outside of your existing mentorship relationships, who would your dream mentor be, whether it's dead or alive and why? So Peter, we'll come to you first. Who would that dream mentor be? This is an easy one, although it's quite a hard one because I think you've got to like choose somebody who stretches you but doesn't stretch you so much that it snaps. And having just, I've admired him for a long time, but having just watched the uh, Netflix documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm blown away by what a phenomenal human being he is, like in so many different ways. And it would be incredible to be mentored by him in many different ways. Love that. And given Hannah is from Austria, I'm sure she'll uh, approve of that choice of mentor. (laughs) AJ, finish the pod on your uh, dream mentor. Who is it and why? 
I actually, I think I'm going to push back on something that Peter said, which is um, you don't, don't want someone that's so far uh, away from you that, uh, like, you want someone who's, who stretches you but doesn't snap you. Um, I, like, I always look back very fondly on snapping moments, if we're going to continue this metaphor. Um, they feel really tough at the time, um, but once we move through them, they're always, like, the, those, the highest growth moments. Um, because I think like the more discomfort you can sort of stand, then the, the faster you're able to grow. Um, because when thinking about this question, my mind jumped to the likes of Naval Ravikant or someone like that, who is way off in the distance and, uh, mind just boggles me. Um, and it would make me really uncomfortable to actually have a conversation with him. Um, because I'd feel so um, intellectually dominated, but I think that would that would only be he healthy, uh, even in a, in a painful way for um, my growth and development. Um, but aside from Naval, I am very very fortunate to interact with everyone from founders, and quite frankly, there aren't many better friends mentors just lovely people all around uh in founders communities so uh i'm actually gonna go with that answer there's no one person but the whole community is just incredible love that aj thank you very much peter aj it's been an absolute pleasure entertaining as ever hugely insightful and inspiring i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that i hope will take heed of your great advice and uh yeah hopefully have as rewarding a mentorship relationship as you both have so thank you for taking the time out of your days to, to share it with us thanks for having me thanks james thanks hannah It was an absolute pleasure to have AJ and Peter join us for this feature series. And I really hope you learned a lot from their mentorship in today's episode. Thank you so much also to everyone who has left ratings and reviews for 40 Minute Mentor in the last few weeks. We absolutely love reading them. The British Podcast Awards are running their annual Listener's Choice Award again, which is the only podcast award which is exclusively decided by people's nominations. So if you're enjoying Fuzi Mini Mentor, we'd absolutely love to receive your vote. Simply go to britishpodcastawards.com forward slash voting and type in Fuzi Mini Mentor to cast your vote. We have left some instructions in the show notes. That's all from us today, but don't forget to tune back in next week for our final episode in this feature series. See you then.